Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. We are going to start a new series. Okay, so, uh, but I did not plan it uh, today. But since uh, I believe uh, there is an urgency uh, that we start to talk about this because uh, there's a lot to talk about famine in the Bible. Okay, so the, the our new series for today, we entitled um, Famines in the Bible. Now, I was surprised uh, this morning while I was uh, browsing the internet that there is also a, a topic entitled Famines in the Bible. I said, whoa, it's, you know, because, you know, f- uh, such a topic is uh, familiar, right? It's simple um, and short. But then, uh, you know, after doing my draft, like uh, two uh, episodes or two parts of this series, uh, Famines in the Bible, and I found this uh, site. You know, it, they summarize it well. Uh, they defined uh, what famine means in the Bible. And so uh, uh, I'd like to uh, mention that, you know, that there are famines uh, recorded in the Bible. And it happened during the time of Abraham, during the time of I- Isaac, uh, uh, during the time of Jacob, okay? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when his son uh, Joseph, you know, became the vice president in Egypt. Remember that story? Uh, there was a famine for seven years after, even after the seven years of plenty. Now imagine this. Even if, you know, they have a lot of food, you know, they were so, uh, agriculture was so good for seven years. And then all of a sudden, the next seven years, there was great, there was a severe famine in the land. Meaning to say, famine can happen at any point, at any time when God allowed it, when God allows it for a purpose, okay, um, uh, for a reason, or for some, uh, you know, we know that some of the judgments, uh, I mean, of the famines that happened in the past were also a form of uh, judgment, you know, that, that's, in the, that's in the Bible. But uh, guess what? Guess what? You know, not all famines are a result of God's direct judgment, Okay. So we must understand that although there are plenty of famines that were used as a form of judgment, you know, to display the severity of of the of sin, okay, of the people's sin against God and to bring them to repentance. You see, that's the point of God allowing famines also in the past to bring people to repentance. So it's a form of judgment or in a form of discipline, but uh, it has a purpose, okay? And for us Christians, it will exercise our faith. So, you know, famines are also times of uh, testing of our faith. You see, 
it's like uh, flexing your muscles. The more you use your muscles, it, it, you know, you build your muscles, it grows. And same with our faith. You know, when we, we go through some form of a crisis uh, and then we put our trust in the Lord and we see God providing, we see some miracles that God is performing in our midst. And then the more... You see, you will, you know, you, you, you will put your trust in the Lord. So here's the thing. But again, not all famines are a result of God's direct judgment. Okay, so, okay, so th there's a lot of famines recorded in the Bible, especially from the Old Testament. So our goal in this series is to start the, discussing them, the stories, you know, let's retell the story one by one. Although you can find, uh, what's the, let me check the, um, the site. The website is from christiananswers.net. You know, they, they have this uh, page on famines in the Bible. You know, what I like with uh, that page is that um, they, you know, it, it's uh, an overview of all the famines that happened in the uh, in the Bible, but what we, the difference with our episode is that we're going to explain them, <laughs> okay? Uh, if not all, at least some, okay, of the stories. Why? Because there is always something to learn from, you know, from the narratives that we read in the Bible. So uh, last week. I discussed with you online some patterns. Okay, so uh, patterns. Uh, what was the topic last week? I, I forgot. The uh, the yeah right. No title, <laughs> but uh, uh, in church online uh, on site, I talk about pattern of events. Okay, in our face-to-face -face church, that's our second service. So in our face-to-face -face church, I mentioned to you about pattern of events, Old Testament, etc., etc. Now, what we're seeing today in our world, in our time, today is March 20, that uh, th this pattern of events are happening, okay, and there is a probability that famine can also happen. And I am not prophesying that it's going to happen this year, this long, but look at the pattern in the Bible. Okay, if you understand prophecies, if you believe in the Bible, you see, you know, that, you know, this thing has a pattern, just like uh, the, the cycle of rain, you know, <laughs> water, cycle of water, and, you know, precipitates, it evaporates, you know, things like that. So, uh, point is, um, our goal is to prepare the church. And that is why I decided to talk about this. And I tell you, it's going to be exciting. But every Sunday, uh, we will talk maybe one or two. M one. Maybe one story. Because there's there's a lot to dig and discuss. You know, every story. Today, uh, we will focus our attention on the famine in the time of Abraham, okay? Specifically, uh, we're going to tackle the call of Abraham, the famine in Canaan, uh, livestock farming, 
and Abraham, you know, became a successful businessman. So is that is that in the Bible? Okay, wait and see. All right. So again, here's our new series. What does famine mean? Okay, I'm not going to complicate it. Uh, I like how Merriam-Webster defined famine. Okay, according to Merriam-Webster, uh, famine is uh, an extreme scarcity of food, shortage of food, or star- starvation, a great shortage. Okay, uh, but if you check the Bible in the Old Testament, uh, they use the word raab. Reabhon and Kapan. Now, in the New Testament, Greek, uh, uh, it's Kapan. Oh, no, no, wait, wait, no, no. Limos, okay? You're, you're looking for that word, Limos. Uh, it means failure. But, you know, uh, it all means it points to hunger, okay? Famine or in, in Hebrew, the Raab, the Reabhon, you know, points to they all mean hunger, okay? Now, famine is not just a lack of food, okay? Basing in the Bible. Because in the Bible, although uh, famine is a... There is also a famine of uh, spiritual food, okay? It is a state of spiritual hunger taught by Amos, uh, Prophet Amos to indicate the absence of divine communications or a failure to hear God's rhema or God's word. So people will long to hear, you know, the word of God and uh, where are the prophets? No more, you know, prophecies and etc. in those days. So there is also a famine caused by disobeying God. Okay, so we have a famine of what? Physical food, hunger, starvation, shortage of food. We have a famine of spiritual food and the, uh, a famine caused by disobedience, okay? A direct disobedience towards God. You know, when you do not follow God, you, you, that's why, uh, you know, during the time of Moses, as Moses was giving the, uh, his, his people, the Israelites, uh, instructions from God, and he spoke to them concerning blessings and curses. If you obey God, you'll be blessed. If you you disobey God, these curses will follow. These curses will come. And uh, we know that uh, if you read Deuteronomy, you understand what I mean. So these, these are, you know, some of the... That's in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 17. So you see, um, then uh, because of idolatry, they disobeyed God's command and, 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 and follow idols. You know what happened? The Lord's anger burned against uh, i mean moses said then the the lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut up the heavens oh, you see shut up the heavens so that it will not rain and the ground will yield no produce okay no more harvest and you will soon perish from the good land the lord is giving you so you see even if the lord Promised them a good land, a, you know, flowing with milk and honey, etc. Now that they are in the promised land, if they choose to disobey God, curses will come, blessings will go. Okay, and and uh, that is a you know a 
judgment from God. That famine is a form of discipline and judgment so that uh, it will lead them to repentance. Okay, so, uh, and also um, there is a future severe famine mentioned in Revelation 6, um, uh, which has not happened yet, we believe. Um, so, that's uh, something, uh, you know, reading, we, we did a series on uh, two opposing kingdoms and then a series on Revelation, which we entitled The Endgame Story of God. Very important. And uh, we also, you know, we frequently um, uh, read to you the passages from Matthew 24 Luke 21, Mark chapter 13. You know, it is about the Lord's prediction or prophecy. You know, the Lord prophesied about the coming events. You know, right now we are in the, um, what do we call this, uh, beginning of birth pains. Okay, these are the times when people will start to feel sorrow grief in their hearts and 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 we experience that a lot okay a lot not just because a lot of people are looking for a job they're jobless they don't have work they have nothing to do to earn and you know things like that but even between relationships you know things happen you know so it's it's been prophesied and 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 in the Lord's prophecy you know the, if you believe in the Lord Jesus and you know that the Lord Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach does not lie and what he said will really come to pass and almost all of the events that he mentioned in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 took place okay and it's happening Okay, as we speak, but you know there are only few that has not happened yet during that specific time of uh, uh, beginning of the birth pains of uh, birth pains, right? <laughs> so, and what is that? One of which is a famine. Okay, if the rest happen now, we are you know we're we're having. You know, we are, you know, you can look, you know, you can watch the news. You can see it online that there is war going on. Okay, so you see pestilences, it was mentioned, pandemic, and then wars. And then what comes next? You see, you know, we've been, I've been telling people, you know, the brethren to prepare ever since this pandemic started. You know why? Because, you know, ever since this pandemic started, the economy, not just of our country, but of, you know, a lot of countries around the world were affected and it's, it's going down. Okay? Even now we see, you know, there were some uh, small businesses that, you know, uh, they, 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 they recovered, but they eventually closed down. And more is still closing down. And you see the prices of, uh, you know, fuel, um, energy crisis. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's way too high, uh, and it's it keeps on, 
it 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 does not decrease but it keeps on you know going up and and when until when because as long as you can you know there is war so war okay on top of the pandemic you know whoa or a prolonged a sustained war wow so this is also partly caused by human you know uh by but it's a man-made thing in the human intervention you know wars you know during the time uh I- i'm gonna mention that to you but i forgot the the verse and the chapter there was this war uh during the time of what uh yeah there, there was a city-wide famines, okay, in the Old Testament that were caused by enemy sieges. You know, when, uh, like example, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon sealed off Jerusalem, you know, d- during the time when he, you know, during the Babylonian Empire. But uh, during this war, King Nebuchadnezzar sealed off Jerusalem with his surrounding army for years, okay? So the the... The strategy, one of the strategy that Nebuchadnezzar uh, applied was that, you know, uh, make the city run out of food. Okay, you can read that in 2 Kings chapter 25. So, you know, he sealed it up. The same thing with what, how Ro- the Roman army took over Jerusalem. Okay, remember during the time of Jesus, they were under a Roman empire. Um, but you see their style, you know, of course, it's very obvious that, you you know, in the internet, you see their strategy of how to do warfare. But one of which is actually, and it's very effective, is that they surround the enemy, <laughs> okay? And then they, they just close the doors for, for uh, transporting any food or, you know, they just, shut it down until they 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 they're depleted okay and then surrender you know because they don't have strength anymore to fight um okay so anyway um that's why i told you there's a lot of famines some are from god some are from men men's doing but the thing is this we know that from the prophecies in the bible there is going to be a big one you know, because reading from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and if you read Revelation, Revelation, you know, the seals, the trumpets, the, the, the bowls, you know, it's it's not a it's not something that will just happen in a local place, but it's somehow gonna affect a lot. You know, not just in a in a single city, but it's going to be like a global thing, okay? Everyone will know, everyone will hear, and everyone will feel it, okay? There's war going on in uh, in Ukraine, uh, Russia versus Ukraine, and what's next? But the thing is this, uh, th- that war, it's been like uh, how many days now? 20 plus days, okay? But then, uh, you see, Every country in the world is affected by that war. See, this is what I'm trying to say. So, if we're all affected economically, financially, etc., 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 
And so the economy, you know, goes down and down and down and down. So what's going to happen? Okay, so I don't need to <laughs> tell you what's going to happen. It's, you know, it's uh, common sense. Okay, it's common sense. So the thing is, why do we, why are we doing this series? Because it's common sense, okay? But the things that we can learn concerning famines in the past, in the Bible, you know, what did they do, okay? I mean, um, 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 what can we learn from the famines in the Bible? What did they do to survive the time of famine, okay? Will there be a famine sometime in the future? Yeah. Now, we don't know when, but what can we do to survive a global famine? You see, it's uh, a surprise to to read that uh, the two consecutive seals in Revelation six are, you know, uh, famine. You know, there's the, there's there's a crisis for. Uh, the, the, because the salary will be very, you know, small. <laughs> it's like your work for the whole day, you can only buy a, a few kilo, one kilo, two kilos of rice, something like that. It's like, it's just enough for food. So you need to look for something, not just your regular uh, employment or work, because your salary in that uh, company from that business from that whatever agency will only be enough for your daily bread okay what about the rest so you need you know wisdom you know if that will happen we don't know when but right now when is the time to prepare okay it's now okay that's why this series is you know our goal is to prepare the church Okay, so again, our goal in this new series is the same with Revelation series, our Revelation series, to prepare God's people. So if you have not uh, watched our series on Revelation, the Endgame Story of God, uh, we encourage you to watch it. Okay, watch is very important. It's very important. Now, okay, guys, so... Let's begin. Genesis chapter 12, well, there was a long introduction, but I believe it's very important, you know, uh, foundation. You know, I, I need to build the foundation before I begin with our series. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram, okay, Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So you cannot be a Christian and at the same time hate or curse Israel. You know why? Because as you can see, we just read that the Lord made a promise to the descendants of to Abraham and his descendants that they will be blessed by him. He will, these people are chosen people. 
So, if you believe in the Bible, you believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then, and so you love God, and if you love God, you should also love His people. Okay? So, you cannot side with those who once Israel destroyed, okay, because of this promise made by God to Abraham. Okay? Verse 3, He said, I will bless those who bless you, Abraham, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Okay, through Abraham. Okay, we will be blessed. Okay, through Abraham. Okay, now, uh, you know, through Jesus. Um, verse 4, it says, So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Okay. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Verse 6, Abram traveled through the land as far as as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. Now, uh, Shechem is a place in Israel today. Okay. Uh, at the time, the Canaanites, Canaanites, Canaanites were in, that la in the land. Verse 7, The Lord appeared to Abram and said, Okay, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So you see, you can see that, um, okay, so before Abraham came to the promised land or before Israel came to the promised land, it was promised to Abraham, but to Abraham. But before Abraham reached the land, there were already people who were residing in the place. So, but the owner of everything, the creator of all things, said to Abraham, he said to your offspring, offspring, I will give this land. So the owner is the one who gave Israel, Abraham and Israel, the, the, the entitlement okay, to possess the land, to own uh, the land. Okay? So what can we do? if the owner is the one who will hand over uh, the land to Israel, now known as Israel. Okay? So, <laughs> okay, that's it. Uh, verse 8, From there he went on toward the hills, of, hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and I on the east, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So from Shechem to Bethel. And then in verse 9 it says, Then Abram set out and continued, continued towards the Negev. Okay, it's, it's just within that area. Okay, which is now, uh, which Negev is the southern part of uh, Israel today okay now verse 10 now this is the part okay this is now the 
the main uh, verse uh, okay the the climax of the story verse 10 says now there was a famine in the land and abram went down to egypt to live there for a while okay because the famine was what severe so there was a severe famine in the land okay so a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing it forced Abraham to go down to go to Egypt, you know, where he planned to live for a while and to, li to live there as a foreigner. Okay? But note the land of Israel today was the land of Canaan, you know, uh, before Abraham arrived there. Okay, so why Abram planned to live there for a while? Because there was a famine, okay? And why Abraham moved to Egypt? Why not in other places? Because Egypt is the ideal place at the time, okay? Because of the Nile River. If you look, up the, look at the map, you see until today in Egypt, okay, you see the, 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 the river, <laughs> okay, that goes to the, to the sea, all right? There's a Nile River that courses throughout the, the land of Egypt. So they have a, what? A reliable source of water in Egypt, okay? To have a, plentiful harvest and healthy livestock even you know if there is no rain okay so that is why for abraham at the time he had no choice but to go to egypt okay so okay that's understandable but listen to this we are going to compare this to next week's story on the famine uh, in the time of uh, Isaac, okay? Alright, so but that, that's for next week. But let's just focus here. Because it's very interesting, you know, the, the similarities and, and the things. You will know. Okay, so where am I? Verse 11, as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, oh, this is his wife. And then they will kill me. But we let you live. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. Whoa, so this is very interesting. You know why? Because all was well, all was doing well with Abraham, okay, when he was in Canaan. Remember that? You know, Abraham, you know, everything is well. But as he approached Egypt, you know, things have changed, okay? You know, uh, now his life was in danger. He felt that his life is in danger. He became so concerned about uh, losing his life. Uh, he felt the danger of getting killed uh, for Sarai, his wife. And so he told uh, Sarai, he told his wife, yeah, to lie. <laughs> so they lied, but you know, it's like a half truth because they came from the same family. 
Because, you know, the truth is, she is his wife, you know? Uh, okay. Anyway, but I- imagine how serious... Uh, how serious and widespread the famine uh, during the time that Abram Abram has to flee, okay, and to flee from from the promised land, okay, and was willing to go through all the trouble, okay, the lying, you know, uh, they they risk their lives. <laughs> so in Canaan. The only problem of Abraham in Canaan was the famine, right? Only one problem, famine. <laughs> but in Egypt, you know, lots of problems, okay? Um, okay, so anyway, okay, is, is it just a famine? Yeah, I, I understand, you know, there was hunger, there was starvation in the land, so that is a problem too. Uh, but the thing is, Abram believed in God. God called Abram and God sent Abraham to that place. And so God is obliged to provide, right? So if God is obliged to provide, then Abram do not need to worry. But during the time, you know, he thought of, oh, why not? Uh, and, and God allowed it. You know, God allowed Abram to go ahead, go to Egypt. You know, and then... Approaching Egypt, you know, he, trouble meets you. I mean, you know, it will, you know, it tortured his mind of, you know, he might be killed by the Egyptians, you know, for 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 Sarai. So, um, verse fourteen: When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarah was very beautiful woman. Verse fifteen. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abraham well. <laughs> Read that. Verse 16 says, He treated Abraham well for her sake, and Abraham what? Acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? Said Pharaoh. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So that I took her to be my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders that Abraham to, uh, about Abraham to his men. And they sent him on his way and his wife and everything he had. In other words, they rejected Abraham. Okay, you are, you know, get out of here. Okay, so Ab- Abraham found himself uh, rejected by Egypt, by, by Pharaoh. And so, what that means is that Abraham did a U-turn, okay, from Shechem, Bethel, Negev, which is the southern part of Israel, today, went down to Egypt, and then went back up, okay? So, that's a U-turn, all right? Uh, So, he did the U-turn and returned to the place where he 
never should have left. Okay, where, where, where he was, was. He once was. Okay? But famine was allowed by the Lord, right? So as for Abram, he was blessed through the danger, through, through the troubles that he, they, they went through. Uh, him and his wife and Lot, of course, they went through you know, some sort of uh, testings there at Egypt, but they were blessed there. Okay, uh, so that is the favor that we have in the Lord. Although we go through some form of a famine, you know, our faith is tested. But if we respond, if we if we continue to follow and obey God, you know, these trials will turn into blessings. Okay, meaning to say, in the midst of the storm, there is something for us. There's something good for us. Amen? And, and that is what we can see from this story. Okay? So, there is something we can learn from Abram concerning his response to famine, right? So, this is a tip number one. This is a good idea. Okay? In times of famine, one of the many things, you know, you want to secure... Okay, you know, reading from the from the story of Abraham during the famine. Okay, one of the most important thing that we need to secure uh, in preparing for famine is called water. H two O. He went down to Egypt because he knew, or maybe he heard. Or somebody told her, him, or maybe everybody is heading the same, the same route, the same road, going to Egypt. Because, you know, nothing, no plant lives, can thrive or survive in, in Negev. Okay? And that is why they were forced to go to Egypt. Okay? Because there was what? What do we find in Egypt? Water. H2O. Okay? They have this river. Okay, there. So it is obvious that there is really water. I mean, there. I mean, I mean, there's. It's obvious that water is very important. Okay, and Egypt, uh, you know, has a a never-ending supply of water through the river, <laughs> overflow. It's flowing. Okay, the river is flowing with water. So again, uh, it's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing to consider. Water, water, water. All right? So the human body is made up of 60, maybe 60 to 70% water. Very important, okay? So again, after that, you know, we read the story to you. Abraham was ousted. He was, you know, he was told to leave us. Go. Take your wife. Here's your wife. Take your wife. Go. So he was... Not just rejected, he was driven out because, because Pharaoh told his soldiers, his, his you know, his men to you know, uh, uh, escort, <laughs> escort them out of here, you know. So literally, <laughs> Abram, Sarai, you know, uh, they were uh, expelled you know, out of Egypt. Now let's proceed to chapter thirteen. The, we, we end in uh, verse 3, ah, verse 4. Okay, Genesis chapter 13, beginning from verse 1 all the way to verse 4, it says, So Abram went up 
from Egypt, okay, to Negev, okay, where he once was. Okay, to Negev, to the Negev, with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. So meaning to say, they were all together in Egypt during the time. And so all together, they went, they were expelled from Egypt, they were driven out, they were escorted out of Egypt. So, um, so from Egypt back to what? Negev. Now what is this Negev thing? Negev is a desert. Okay, so even if there is no famine, it's it's a desert. <laughs> okay, so it is it, still it's dry there. So they went back. It's still dry. You know why? Because it's a desert. Now here's the thing: Negev uh, in Hebrew means dry land. Okay, so even if there is no famine, it's dry, <laughs> dry land. That's Negev. Negev means dry land. So Negev Desert is located in the southern part of Israel. It's a dry place. Okay, so Abraham was forced to go back to the dry land or Negev Desert. Okay, did God provide it for him there? Yes or no? Yeah. Did they flourish in a dry land in Negev desert after, you know, coming from Egypt? Yeah. You can read that in verse 5. You'll see that, you know, Lot and Abram, their 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 men, their 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 herders do not understand each other anymore. They had conflicts because the, the you know, their flock there is too much for them, you know, to be together in one place. So they have to separate. They have to part ways. But here's the thing. They prospered. Where? In the dry land. Many you say, God can, God is able to sustain us in the midst of famine. Hallelujah. Right? But you need to have such a faith and you need to be where. God called you to be, okay, that's very important. You know, you know, you should know where he called you to stay, to be, or to be. Okay, because God will bless you where he called you to be. All right? So, going back, okay, they went back to Negev, to that dry land, and they prospered, of course. Verse 2 says, Abraham had become very... Okay, not just wealthy, very wealthy in what? In livestock and in what? In silver and gold. So, okay, we read to you Genesis chapter 12. It started with the call of Abram. Okay, Abram was called. Okay, and then when he arrived to in Canaan, which is Israel of today, there was a famine. And so he thought of going to Egypt, okay? Because in Egypt, there was what? Plenty of water, okay? The supply of water overflowing, right? Um, and then they went back to this dry land, or Negev means dry land, okay? And then... Uh, where am I? And then it says in verse 2, Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. So, 
He was a successful livestock farmer and at the same time, a successful businessman. So you see, he was sent on a mission. So he's a missionary. Technically, he's a missionary. <laughs> he went <laughs> and then there was a famine, you know, went to Egypt only to, you know, get some blessings from Egypt, and then went back to Negev, and there he prospered. Okay, verse 3, from the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel. Okay, again, went to Bethel, back to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, okay, where his tent had been earlier. So he was there before because it says early. he had been earlier, okay, where he once was, okay? Verse 4 says, and where he had first built an altar, okay? So he was there before that, okay? He passed through that area. You know, he built an altar. He worshiped the Lord there, and then it says, verse 4, he, And where he had first built an altar, there Abram called on the name of the Lord. So you see, point is, okay, to cut the long story short, uh, everywhere he goes, you know, he built an altar and honored God in that place. Worship, friends, worship. Worship is something that God, you know, is seeking. Uh, Matthew, uh, John chapter 4, you know, a while ago, um, yeah, God is spirit. So we, those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So uh, um, before this preaching started, you know, we always start to, you know, after the greetings, um, we do worship online. And uh, it's very important to God, you know. God loves, you know, that we remember him that we you know express our love to him through worship through our obedience so friends if you live a life of obedience okay and then so and, and god is you know magnified is glorified in in your life and that's a good thing Okay, so in times of trouble, in times of famine, you are sure and you know that God is on your side and that God will provide and that God will give you wisdom just like what he did to Joseph during the seven years of famine in Egypt, you know, etc., etc. There's so many stories that we're going to talk about in this series. Remember, in every story, there are things to learn. So, you can prepare, okay? So, again, as you see, another thing that is obvious in this story is that Abraham's trust in the Lord, you know, is always uh, at the peak, <laughs> all right? He had been to those places, Shechem, Bethel, Bethel Nege Negev, Egypt, and then back to Negev, back to Bethel. So the point here is that you know, stay in the place where God called you to be. You know, and 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 uh, and that another thing that's very important that we worship God. Okay, Abraham, wherever he goes, he worship God. 
worship Him and trust Him. And, you know, as a worshiper of God, you know, it's natural that we get wisdom and directives, direction from God. He's going he's gonna to drop a message in your heart, in your spirit that, boom, you will understand deep inside you, in your heart and your spirit, but you did not hear it with your ears, but you will understand it in your heart. That's how God speaks to His people because the Holy Spirit lives in us. The moment we believe and confess Jesus as Lord, the moment you're born again, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And that if you, are, if you tune your heart, your, your ears to the voice of God, to the Word of God, you walk with God, you honor Him, you worship God, you know what? You know, you, you know the, the directives of God because He will convict you which way is right, which way is wrong. And this is why we're doing this series because we want to be in tune with, with the, the, the Word of God. We're God the, we want to direct our lives, our attention to what is written in the Bible. So you see, if you are worshiping God, if you're a worshiper of God, the same thing as seeking God for wisdom. Because wisdom comes as you draw yourself to God. Okay, as you draw near, you will hear God's conviction and know where He is leading you, where, trying, where He is trying to lead you. Okay, so worship is entering the heart of God. So if you read the Bible, if, if reading the Bible is entering the mind of God, because you know, you, 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 you will discover and know what's in his mind. Okay, so read, studying the Bible is like entering into the mind of God. But worshiping God, okay, loving God is entering into the heart of God. You will know his feelings. You become sensitive to his feelings. Now, if, you, if you're sensitive to his feelings, you, you know, then, then you will know his heart. You will know what, what he wants, what he feels, what he doesn't like. That's why it's very important as Christian, you know, that we, we, we be sensitive to his feelings because, you know, one day we're going <laughs> to stand before him and it's going to be our judge. Not just our Savior, but our judge is going gonna, is gonna to judge, is going to weigh in a balance all the works that we did, whether we did them Okay, the good deeds, whether we did them for our sake, for our name, for our glory, or for His glory. Alright? So, guys, uh, worship is entering the heart of God. He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Now, let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. What does Hebrews 11, verse 6 say? It says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Okay, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He, that God exists, and that God or He rewards those who what? Earnestly seek Him. In other versions, God will reward those who diligently seek Him. So you understand that, you know, we may have some questions, some confusions, things that we want answered, uh, you know, times that we don't know what to do, but as you come to God in worship and love Him, and then all of a sudden you realize, whoa, oh, 
that's a good idea right there. And, and, and you know, because these things, these good ideas, the, the wisdom comes from God. He can drop these good ideas in your heart, in your mind, not knowing how you heard it, how how you understood it, but you will because God who gave you the spirit, a soul and a spirit, knows how to communicate to our soul and our spirit. And so when God drops wisdom, understanding, revelation in our soul, in our spirit, soul meaning to say you can feel it, you know it, but you don't know where it came from, but you, you realize it did not originate from you, it came from someone who is so brilliant, who is so knowledgeable, who is infinite in his mind, but so perfect, then you know it's God because you are a worshiper of God. Okay? So, that's it. Another scripture, James chapter 1 says, okay, let me uh, jump to verse 5, you know. Now, it talks about wisdom again. Wisdom, 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 wisdom. Okay, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. Okay, verse 6, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything uh, from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So, look, before verse 5, okay, if you start with verse 1, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And then it says, if any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask from God. So the point here is you lack wisdom because wisdom is necessary in facing, in dealing with trials. Okay, listen to this. We need understanding. What is wisdom? I thought wisdom is also understanding. Yes, 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 yes. Wisdom, understanding, synonymous. Okay, but there is something in wisdom uh, that is beyond the understanding, okay? So you need understanding, you need wisdom. Understanding, you know the what, okay? But wisdom tells you the how-tos, okay? It's, it's, it's uh, the, the application, okay? So yes to wisdom, right, on how-tos. Wisdom is the action. Wisdom is the steps. Wisdom is the process, Okay, the logistics, okay? Wisdom is the decision with regards to or on, uh, on, how, um, on how to deal with the, pro with the problem, with the specific trial you're facing. So you need wisdom, okay? So now you have an understanding, what's going on, what's happening. You have this awareness. You have an understanding. So what about wisdom? Wisdom will tell you what to do with the problem, how to address the problem, how to overcome the problem. So you need what? Wisdom. That's why in the book of James, it started with trials of many kinds. Now, 
Now you know that you, you are facing trials of many kinds. And then he said, if anyone of you lacks wisdom, you need wisdom. Because wisdom is needed. Okay, It is necessary for you to address the trial that you're facing. Okay, The, 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 the trial or the, that you're facing. Right? So I hope you understand uh, why in James chapter 1, it started with uh, dealing with trials and then the need, the necessity of wisdom. Okay? The necessity of wisdom. Okay, so, okay. So, going back, you know, you read the verse, 13 verse 2. It says, 13 verse 2. What is that? Chapter 13, verse 2. Come on, where are you? It says, Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. Okay, so that's it. Meaning, he was also, or he became a successful businessman. Okay, so question. What will you do in case famine will suddenly come upon us? Are you going to wait that you know until the time when famine is upon us, <laughs> and then you know so 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 you prepare? You know I know to many people uh, talking about famine. You know there might be a famine that will come. It may sound foolish. You know just like Noah. When he was building the ark, he sounds crazy, right? But whoa. he knew. He is. He was a worshiper of God. That's why he got, of course, favor from God. And God revealed to him what's going to happen ahead. Today, how do we know what's going to happen? Can we tell what's ahead of us? Can we predict or can we, you know, you know what? Yes. We, yes, that's right. That's the right answer. Yes. Where do we get the hint? From the Bible. Okay. So as you see, <laughs> started with the pandemic, kind of economy going down. Now, adding to the, the pandemic, wars, again, <laughs> <laughs> economy is affected still going down people are losing work source of income a lot of them do not have it so what do you think where will this end okay so even if you don't read the bible <laughs> just apply common sense <laughs> just apply common sense that's why we may sound crazy talking about this, but if this happens, then who is crazy <laughs> all along? <laughs> okay? So guys, I'm not saying you're crazy. But what I'm trying to say is this. It's better to prepare, better prepared than unprepared. When calamity comes better ready okay so let me encourage you okay abram abraham was sent 
on a mission with a mission. He was a missionary and he was given a capital he got when he got to Egypt. Okay, and then so he became farmer, learned how to do livestock farming. That's in verse uh, chapter 12, verse 16. And then in chapter 13, verse 2, Abraham, Abraham had become what? Very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold, meaning he was a what? Successful businessman. The, okay? So, guys, uh, we don't know. Okay? But are you prepared to go through famine in case, just in case, it happens in our lifetime. When do we prepare for eventualities? Now or later? Hmm. Before the famine or during the famine? What, what do you think is wisdom? Okay? Remember, <laughs> I defined, I, I, I gave you a comparison between understanding and wisdom. Now you have understanding because, you know, of this topic. So you need wisdom. Ask God, Lord, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Give me wisdom. You know, what did I learn from this topic? Give me wisdom. Ha, hallelujah. So let us learn from Joseph. You know, he prepared during the seven years of plenty. So, so Egypt and the rest of the nation surrounding Egypt will survive the seven years of famine. So that when famine comes, you know, we know that when famine comes, it is again a test of our faith. So instead of being fearful, what do we do? We call upon the name of the Lord. What did Abram do? What did he do? He worshiped God. He worshiped God and God you know, multiply the blessings and he became successful. Amen? And so instead of being unprepared, let us prepare. Okay? Uh, so for us, our faith is tested. Our ability to endure uh, crisis in this life will grow as we face trials of many kinds. Okay? So, do not ask for wisdom later. Okay? Ask wisdom now. Alright? Learn from James chapter 1. Okay, famines are built, uh, famines build faith if we have a relationship with the one who control, with the one who has control over famines. Okay? Without that relationship uh, with God, the ground for us is dry and hard and uh, unfruitful. So if you want, you know, to be fruitful, to rejoice, to 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 thrive, to to overcome the the trial of of famine, stick with God. Get close to God. Draw near God. Okay. So if you're not right with God, get right with God. Repent from sin. You know, repent from all known sin. Because sin, oh, you will have famine. Not just famine, uh, uh, famine of uh, physical food, but famine of, you know, spiritual food. You know? So while we have the time, let us repent from our sins. Amen? 
So we love you. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, today. And I hope you, uh, there's something you learned about uh, how to go about or, you know, one of the things that you need to put, uh, you know, we need to secure during famine is water. So secure water not uh, not during the time of famine, but be, even before famine. I know God will provide, yes, but, you know, Today, God has provided wisdom. There, you know, through the years, people have experimented and there's a lot of discoveries and there's so many methods, techniques on how to get water, okay? And what you need to do now is ask God for wisdom, you know, apply wisdom, so you have water, you know, I mean, you know, you don't need to be dependent on, on, you know, in Israel, there was this article, they said, that what if terrorists will sabotage water? You know, they, they what if some terrorists, terrorists will um, inject something or put something in the water system of the city and then everybody, you know, becomes sick. Now, I just read that. So how to deal with it? So you see, so scientific so technical so because you know nowadays warfare is is high tech you know high tech you can use biological warfare you can use uh, we have come to the age of knowledge if you read the book of daniel the end times you know you will know the end times because it's the age of knowledge <laughs> we're here right now guys and and that is why i'm telling you to be wise as serpent. Okay, apply wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook by going to facebook.com slash mfcdvo or search for Maranatha Family Church Davo on Facebook where we also stream our church services. Again, that's facebook.com slash MFCDVO. God bless.